your traps, little my nigga, I feel sorry for you. Sorry, nigga. Cause we banging hand to hand, getting it in them holes. I'm talking transactions, CDS, them distributions. We going hard with this shit, we need our restitution. I love my nigga, so I do whatever for my dog. Nigga, say he need me, and I got him, he'll never fall. I'm coming in the clutch, something like I'm Kyrie. You niggas bluffing, man, I wish you niggas would try. Be down, and guess what? We need answers. We need answers podcast episode 105. And today we got, finally we got my Uncle Johnny here. Um, well-known coach of Baltimore City. Well-known resident of Cherry Hill neighborhood. And uh, if you check out my episode with my guy, Forever Street, um, with the clothing line from our Lakeland, that was the... Um, that was the uh, uh, Hood to Hood series. Check that out. We talked about my Uncle Johnny on there. And, and, and quote, I'm going to quote him. And he said, he a legend. And everybody know Uncle Johnny a legend when it comes to this basketball thing and this Cherry Hill thing. So uh, I've been wanting to get him on the show for some time now. And he told me he had me. And he hit me and say, I'm ready, nephew. And, and we made it happen. So I want you to introduce yourself. Give us a little bit of your background. Tell us what's going on. Well, my name's Johnny Davis. I was born and raised in Cherry Hill. Uh, got into uh, coaching basketball. Actually, played played all sports in uh, Cherry Hill, from baseball, basketball, and football. And uh, it was went to school in Cherry Hill. Also went to a community college in Baltimore took up recreation leadership because I kind of fell in love with recreation mm-hmm. and it, it all tied into the sports. Uh, raised, uh, born and raised in Cherry Hill, mother and father. Father worked two jobs, so that's how I got the work ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, one sister and four brothers, and the brothers taught me a lot of discipline, mm-hmm. and they also got me into sports at a very young age. Right, okay. And your brothers, um I know when we talked, you said your brothers, so you said Larry was the basketball. Right. Uh, Danny was baseball, or was yes. it Leroy? No, Danny, Danny played baseball. He had basically baseball also, and basketball okay. also. Okay, and you yeah. said he was real nice with the baseball. Real, real nice with the baseball. Real nice with the baseball. And Leroy? Leroy was real, real nice with the, with, uh, with the baseball. He actually okay. was a... Yeah, he likes to play, like the back catch. So okay. that was his thing. So he probably could have played professional baseball. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and Larry was real good with the uh, with the basketball. And Thelma yeah. was the second mother. Second mom. Also. Second <laughs> mom, right there. <laughs> so so brief for everybody that's listening and watching. Thelma is my grandmother's, my father's mother, which is Uncle Johnny's sister, my grandmother. And then um, when we talk, we probably gonna mention Larry a lot. Larry Davis, his brother. That's Larry, my cousin, Huey Brand Larry. Larry that was on the um, Hood to Hood series as well. Check that out. That was his grandfather. So there's a lot of family history in here. Right. So right. Um, take me back to, so this was, this, you was coming up in the 60s, right? Right. So yeah. paint the picture of Cherry Hill and Baltimore in the 60s. What did, it, what did it look like for you back then? Back in the 60s, during that time, there was a lot of drugs and a lot of crime, mm-hmm. but there was also close-knit families in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And you also had great teachers 
that kind of guided you through. So in my case, I actually got a got a feel for both things. I was running around with some pretty rough guys during yeah. the time. But I think what basically saved me was my family support. I mean, in Cherry Hill during that time, you well, you had you had you had guys that were raised with two parents, and I was fortunate as I had, fortunate enough to be raised by mother and father. Mm -hmm. And my father was strong. He was a strong individual where I had one foot on the bad side, yeah. one foot on the good side. Right. So he kind of stayed on me a lot, and so did my brothers also. So I was able to survive mm -hmm. the drugs and the crime yeah. and pretty much be pretty successful right. in Cherry Hill. It okay. kind of helped some of the guys that I used to run with yeah. also. Right. Okay. So what was your childhood like? I know um, the rec center was like the home base for you. Right. For a long period of time. So what was that like? And then what was the household? I know right. you mentioned uh, the parents and everything. So having a bunch of siblings, how was that also? Right. Well, basically, it, for me, my, by me being the youngest, my brothers kind of set the tone. Okay. My older brother was more preppy type. Okay. Okay, he was basically like, you know, he wore the penny loafers. Mm -hmm. uh, did a lot of partying. Mm -hmm. Okay was very successful. Matter of fact, he was, I think at 19, once he graduated, he worked for Monumental Life Insurance, which was unheard of at that time. Okay. A young black guy. Now, my sister was very, very, uh, very, not very strong. Mm -hmm. uh, she had a lot, of, a lot of young ladies that she, uh, that were her friends. Some of them got hooked, into, got hooked into guys that were, you know, big time dealers, but she was able to navigate Mm. Stay strong because of my father and mother. So she was very successful, and uh, she worked for housing for a long time. She yeah. kind of, you know, she was like the second mom. Mm -hmm. When my mom wasn't there, she always cooked and made sure everybody, you know, ate mm -hmm. at the same time, and mm -hmm. always cooked a lot for us. And uh, right, like a second mom. Right, and uh, very, uh, very influ influential in, in my success also. Okay. Yes. Very okay. and and. Education was very strong, mm -hmm. and with her, okay, she passed it down also. Yeah. Now with brother Larry, <laughs> Larry, whole different story, right? There. Larry got into a whole lot, right, at right. a very young age, mm. and I kind of, I think Larry, me and Larry had a, we were very tight. Mm. We slept together also, so mm. I kind of, I kind of followed his footsteps a lot. Mm. You know, some of the bad stuff he did, and some of the good things that he did right. also. He now he actually. Uh, he graduated from school and he uh, got a good job with uh, Baltimore Gas and Electric, and then he got married at a young age. So I kind of patted myself after him, but okay. he, never, he didn't take a whole lot of stuff off the guys in the streets. So, yeah, yeah. You know, so he had, he had a tough crowd that he ran with. But, uh, mm. yeah. Okay. Um, I know uh, when we were starting the last time, and I, I like I said, I asked everybody about their most memorable events coming up like in that era and around that time like painting the picture um and i use the example was the martin luther king riots with, with um the i actually re-put that episode out last week so it was like right. a throwback but i know we man you talked and you said it was um a death that happened in right. your neighborhood right well it was a guy that was very close to my brother larry and his name was anthony robinson mm -hmm. and he was always he was like, uh, he, stayed, he was at our house a lot, mm. more or less like a brother. So I remember him getting sh getting killed 
we were all at the shopping center that night, and I think uh, somebody had gotten robbed. And the, the guys that I was running running with, we actually left the shopping center at the time. Mm -hmm. So later on, we found out we found out that Anthony had gotten shot. Mm -hmm. And when he got shot, he was actually trying to break up a fight. Right. And so he got shot by accident. But that actually kind of turned me around, kind of put me on a straight and narrow as far as the crime and the guns and, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Because that kind of stuck with me for a long time, you know. And I still think about Anthony Day because he's very, very, uh, very nice guy. Right. And he was like a brother to me also. So that kind of put me, kind of straightened me out a little also. So yeah. It was very, woke uh, you up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it woke me up. I know you said yeah. you was going to high school when that happened. How old was he? Well, Anthony might have been, he was just a couple years older than me, so if I was in high school, I'm going to say I'm maybe about 16 or 17, so Anthony was maybe 19 or 20. Okay. And he had went, he went to Forest Park, but he was right. very, uh, you know, very well liked in, mm -hmm. in the neighborhood. You so know, it was... Take too much stuff either, so. And the guys who did it was from the neighborhood, too? Yeah, it was older guy. Mm -hmm. And yeah. some younger guys had robbed him, so he came back to get at the guys, and mm -hmm. Anthony trying to, you know, break it up. And, uh, and he just and was, the other getting, guy just was hot, period. Right, and he just hot, right. Yeah. And ended up shooting killing him. Wow. By accident. That's so, crazy. Uh, right. Um, so I know today I had a couple people from Cherry Hill in South Baltimore on their show. Mm -hmm. And we always talk it always come up how um Cherry Hill is like a big family. Like everybody know everybody down there, whether it's top right. or bottom, everybody familiar with everybody. Right. So um in South Baltimore too, I guess it's kind of because it's like like I always say it's like an island. Cherry Hill is like an island. It's by the water right. and it's away from the rest of the city and all that. Exactly. So, exactly. what would you, what would you, um, would you, what would you say back in that era in that time? It was a close knit, like everybody knew everybody type thing back then. Because I, like I said, I know it's top and bottom and all that. Right, so. right. During 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 that during that time, sixties and the seventies, basically. Everybody in Cherry Hill was it was more tight knit. Mm. I mean, you knew somebody. You even even you knew their uncle yeah. or their brother right. or their sister. Yeah. So if you had a beef with anybody, you know, most of the time, you know, you kind of settled it with your fist. Yeah. And then once you fought, it's it was over. over you know. Yeah. So people kind of like in in the neighborhoods and the communities kind of looked out for each other because, mm -hmm. like I said, everybody knew each other. Cherry Hill was a real small you know small community. Right. So basically, uh, you didn't have those type of beefs like up, down the hill, up the hill. Mm -hmm. The most most of the time we had we had confrontation with Westport, okay, and South Baltimore, okay, East Baltimore, right. West Baltimore. Right. But right. basically, Cherry Hill guys, we kind of stuck together, okay. That we didn't like guys coming out there seeing the girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of times you came out to Cherry Hill. <laughs> We was gonna run you out of yeah, 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 yeah. So that was going on even when I was in high school. I always right. used to hear that everybody you come down there, and they, you, it's like you don't even want to pull up because right. you see what type of town right. you're on. You better, you better know somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so I know your love. Your, I was. I'm, a, I'm assuming your first love would be basketball. Yes. So, yes. yeah, you got introduced from your siblings, but right. When did you first? experience like I, I love this like when was what was it your right. day one with basketball right. well the, 
when I first experienced it, I loved it was when we got a recreation in my in my neighborhood because mm -hmm. at one time there was only one recreation at that time. It was at the community center. Mm -hmm. So and we're talking about early 60s. So when I was about maybe 11 or 12, the school, the elementary school started having recreation centers in the school mm -hmm. and the gymnasium. Mm -hmm. So we had the one recreation center at Community Bill. So then we had 163, which was right across the street from me. Mm -hmm. 164, another elementary school. So actually we had about five or six recreation centers. Okay. So 163, which is Patapsco Elementary School, was the recreation center that I went to mm -hmm. because it was actually right across the street from me. Mm -hmm. And when I got involved in actually organized basketball, I was maybe about 10, 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. And once, and my first coach, I'll never forget him, his name was Mr. Suggs, and he was very, very influential in my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, kept me on the street in there also. So to answer your question, maybe at 10 or 11, I fell in love with the game of basketball then. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. And what, so you started playing for the leagues around in the, in the neighborhood? Right, so, so, so during that time, you had, like I said, you had about five or six recreation centers. Mm -hmm. So I played for 163. Mm -hmm. So what we would do is we would play against each other, the different, the different recreations, so you had about six of them. Mm -hmm. So what you would do is they would come to our gym and play, then you would go to their gym, so you had a schedule of playing against each other. Okay. Doing that. All time. the neighborhood teams? All neighborhood not teams. Not outside the neighborhood? Not not at that point. Okay, okay. Not at that point. So, you, so now you're playing for bragging rights. Right. Okay, so, and I was pretty good at that time. Mm -hmm. Okay, I played I played the point. Okay. And during that time, you didn't, they, they weren't specifying, you know, uh, what Positions position. And all that. But yeah. I, was, I was actually uh, just, uh, just a point guard. Handled it was the ball. in my blood, right, all the time. Then I knew how to run. You know, I ran the show. Yeah, because it just came natural. Mm -hmm. And I could also shoot. I could hoop. I could put it in all. Okay. Also. So okay. I just did it all. <laughs> but during that time, uh, that's when I, that's when I actually I fell in love with the game. Mm -hmm. But one guy that actually excelled at the game, uh, from that from that early age, from like ten to twelve to maybe he played college. He played high school ball at Forest Park. Mm -hmm. He went to cop and he won. I think he won a championship at cop, and his name was Tony Carter. Okay. He called him Pumpkin, so okay. he's he pretty tough. Okay, from your right. neighborhood. The neighborhood, yeah. Okay. And he, during that time, we were around the same age, so he's one of the guys that stood out, mm -hmm. and he he excelled. Okay. From from the elementary school all the way through college, mm -hmm. and I think he might have played in a professional pro league also. But everybody know him as Tony Carter, uh, Pumpkin. Okay. Tough. Okay. Right, tough. Who was what? What uh, famous players was you looking up to at that time? During that time, we had a guy by the name of Leonard Ham. He played at City. Okay. And uh, I think during that time, I think City was City was was dominating at the time. They were mm -hmm. beating Dunbar when nobody else could beat them. Mm -hmm. And that might have been the time. I think maybe Dickie Kelly might have been playing for Dunbar at the time. So City and Dunbar were the top two teams, but Lenny Ham. Was from Cherry Hill, and he was one of the guys that stood out during that time. Okay. And he kind of influenced me a lot. I was able to, I was actually at pedestrians where I could use both hands, but okay. he showed me how to use my left hand by telling me something simple. He said, You want to make the left hand strong, just brush your teeth no. <laughs> okay. with your left hand. Okay. So.
And that worked? Yeah, it worked. Okay. Right. Okay. I might right. try so, that myself. Right. <laughs> uh, what about in, a, in a, like ABA, NBA players? Was you looking up to any of them around that time? Well, during that time, uh, well, I always loved Oscar Robinson and Jerry okay. West. Okay. I thought they might have been the best two guards at that time. Okay. And then you had, uh, you had Will Chamberlain. He was pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. So during that time, those my main guys were Jerry West and Oscar Robinson. And Jerry was going to the championships, but he was losing, right? Couldn't couldn't beat. He Boston. never got one. Couldn't beat Boston. Yeah, yeah. He bro. got. I think Jerry got one later. Okay. Yeah, he got one. Yeah. Yeah, but okay. during that time, Boston was just they was just so strong. Red Auerbach, right? And yeah, Red yeah. Auerbach. They were so strong, and, Jerry, and, I, and I was always. With the, was the underdog, so yeah, Jerry yeah. West was my favorite during that okay. time. But they with the Lakers? Yeah, he was with the Lakers. Lakers. Okay, okay. And then he had, with him, you had Elgin Baylor. Yeah. Elgin Baylor was tough. Yeah, I always Elgin heard Baylor about was about 6'5". They, they said yeah. he was like tough. Jordan, Elgin Baylor. Just not athletic as Jordan. Okay. But he had the moves. Okay, okay. You know, he could score mm. inside. I mean, 15 feet or out, he could, he could, you know, he could get the basket. At 6'5", he was tough. Okay. Okay. Just yeah. wasn't as athletic as Jordan. Right. Not as strong as Jordan, but he, okay. he could Maybe score. Maybe I got the players mixed up then, because I, yeah, I thought was, it was him. Was, but, he could score. But yeah. Jerry, Jerry was a hell of a GM, though. Oh, General yeah. manager, though. And tough one. Tough and a hell of a jump shooter. Yeah. yeah. I always heard. The logo. Right. It's the logo. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was tough. So, um, fast forward, I know you had an event in high school. You went to Emerson, right? Right. Right. And that's when you was going to play like the the, the big boy basketball. Right, it's time, yeah. it's time to grow up. So talk about right. that. Right. Well, I, I imagine myself playing varsity high school ball for Edmondson. Mm-hmm. And during that time, uh, I don't know if you, you might recall this guy, uh, Marvin Webster was actually he graduated. I, I played. Well, he was he played at Emerson. Okay. He also played in the NBA with, with the Denver Nuggets. Okay. But I remember the, uh, maybe the first practice. Uh, I knew it was going to be tough mm-hmm. because now you're talking about some big guards, mm-hmm. you know, that I had never seen before. You know, yeah. I was dominating yeah. in Cherry Hill. Right. But, but you once uptown, I got up there, I'm uptown. <laughs> okay. And these guys, these guys are, are big guys, yeah. athletic. Mm. So I said, well, I, I wanted to try. I wanted varsity, but yeah, I see yeah. I'd settle for JV. <laughs> so, you was a little intimidated. Well. I was I wasn't intimidated because I was I was pretty tough, mm-hmm. but I was just trying to you know I was I was looking at just just weighing the facts. Yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah I got you. It I didn't take you. long to figure out. Yeah, gotcha. The guys were a little better than me. They were bigger and stronger. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't. I mean I gave them I gave them all I had. Yeah. You know while I was out there. I mean I wasn't backing down. I'm right. sure I wasn't back down. Right, right. <laughs> but I knew they were better than me. Yeah. But I wasn't conceding. Okay. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha, you. But uh, what what changed all that was after. The first practice, I think maybe the second half of the practice, I know I, we were running suicides. And I remember looking up at the scoreboard and it was kind of, it was kind of blurry. And so I said, it was almost as if I was getting ready to think. So mm-hmm. actually, uh, the coach told me I may, I may need to go down, go to the office and you know, let, let, let the nurse check me out, which, which she did. Mm-hmm. And found out at the time, I actually had a heart murmur. Mm-hmm. And actually had to get, uh, Operation, I think that maybe they didn't do the operation at the time. They kind of just had to open the valve, but it started with rheumatic fever. Okay. So I found I found out that I had that, so that kind of okay. curtailed my basketball okay. career right. at that point. Right. And then it's basically, I got into coaching. 
And then, okay, so yeah. talk about that then. Okay, so once, well, I still played mm -hmm. just medical advice, I, but I didn't play high school ball. I okay. played rec ball, went back and I dominated the rec ball. So, okay. okay, so I went with that. So I got, well, it seemed like most of the recreation leaders that came, that worked at 163 where I was perhaps with recreation center, I kind of took a liking to them. And they told me, and I wanted to be a recreation leader, so they said, well, you know, you're going to need to go back to school. And so I wanted to CCB. So at the time, I knew I wasn't going to be able to play, so I was maybe about 18 or 19. Mm -hmm. So the next best thing for me was to be a coach. Because mm -hmm. like I said, I, I, it was in my heart. I loved the game. And I kind of had, I mean, I, I kind of, uh, I had the discipline to be a coach, and I was strong enough to be a coach. And I... I knew I could, I could make, I could, I could show the guys how to get better mm -hmm. because I always went to a lot of basketball games myself and went to camps and mm -hmm. watched the coaches and watched the players. So you know, I had a I had a good feel for coaching even at eighteen or nineteen. Okay, usually yeah. point guards do. They used point to be guard. the best coaches. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so I had a, I had a good idea how to how to teach the game. Okay, and then so. Um, well, I guess you can tell the rest of the story about how you ended up becoming an official coach. You was at the rec, and then you um. Well, how how did you how did you yeah. end up saying? By by being at the recreation center and uh, getting to know a lot of people in the community, and a lot of times I was an assistant coach for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, when when. Uh, when the leaders were coaching the team, so I was basically assistant coach, but I kind of had more of a feel for the game than, mm -hmm. a, than a, actually the director of the center. Okay. So it kind of pushed me into that position, mm -hmm. you know. So I took on the younger guys first. I started coaching the nine and under team. Keith Goody was one of the guys on that team. Keith Harmon, Robert Scipio, uh, a lot of guys that played high school ball that were under my two this at the time. So. Okay. Okay. And then, so we uh, kind of grew together. Right, okay. So you was, you coached from what year to what year? When you, year oh, you started? Oh, man, I, I started, uh, okay, I graduated in 71, and I think I started coaching in 71. So I coached all the way up to 2000. Okay. So a lot of time coaching. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's right. about 40. No. So, that's From 71, I'll let you do the math, you're a young guy. <laughs> 70 to 80, that's 71 10. 71 to 2000. 80 to 90, that's 20. 90 to, oh, that's 30 years. Right. About 30 years, okay. Right. So who was, what, what, uh, who was some of the guys that you got your hands on? Like, I know you got, it was a lot of talent coming out your way. Right. And there was a lot of talent in the city coming up all them years. So who were right. some guys you, you ended up coaching? Right. Well, I coached the guys. A guy by the name of Dirt, his name is DeWan Brown. Mm. Anybody know basketball in Baltimore knew he was tough. Okay. But he just didn't get his due over at, at Southern because they had other guys that were doing that time. Mm -hmm. they, I don't think they were better than him, but they got more of an opportunity than him. So Don, DeWan Brown was one of the guys I coached. Okay. Coach Keith Goody, uh, Keith Harmon. Mm. Got a chance to coach Tyler Smith, who played at Douglas. He played with Carmelo Anthony. Okay. I almost got a chance to coach Carmelo Anthony at one point, but we went against him a lot and we beat him. Okay. Back in the day, <laughs> didn't tell you that. Hey, well, yeah, think, what, how old was uh, he in this this time? Uh, 
Uh, when I first met Carmelo Anthony, he was nine. He was playing over Robert Marshall, which is off Pennsylvania Avenue. Okay. He played for a guy by the name of Mitch Wise. Okay. Before he got with uh, Mr. Corbett, he played with Mitch Wise first. Okay. So yeah, we battled. So we came from Cherry Hill to play in the mm -hmm. leagues over at uh, Pennsylvania Avenue because right. you got to go through the best to beat to beat the best. Yeah. So a lot of time we would come out of the, we would come out of the league in West Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And we would beat beat the West Baltimore teams. Mm -hmm. So when it's time to go east, right. to go up Lake for the big games, yeah. everybody looking for Bentlow to represent West or Robert Marshall to represent West. Okay, okay. But a lot of times we represented because mm -hmm. we won the leagues. Right, right, okay. So, okay. That's tight. That's what's right, up. Right. So um having none of them oh yeah, I asked you um the last time we talked, you had uh it's always the experience. Not I interviewed um, Coach Smiley too from Dunbar, and right. I asked him the same thing. Right. Is it any people that you had that you coached that might have fell victim to the streets, whether not not like the worst consequence, but just they left they left they uh, love of the game and chose to do other stuff that you right. like. If you if you would have stayed, he could have been something type. Right, of. right. I remember a guy we used to call him Lil Wayne, mm -hmm. left-handed kid. Mm. Built like Kenny Anderson. Okay. Came out of New York, one of those type of guys that was real tough, and plus he was left-handed. Mm -hmm. So Wayne, Wayne could have played professional ball. Mm. He was that tough. He was a small frame guy, mm. but he had he had a lot of heart, mm -hmm. and he knew how to play the game. Right. He was one of those guys. He had the handles. He could shoot the jumper. He could go to the rack, and he was tough on defense. And he was just he was a born leader. Mm -hmm. But he fell victim to the streets. I remember when I started working in recreation center, working in recreation. When I came back, and I saw him, he was already he was in the street. Oh, mm -hmm. he was full fledged, mm -hmm. and it really wasn't nothing you could do to get him back. So he was. I think he was probably the best case that I could think of that that was actually could have made it. Right. But it turned into a disaster because he fell victim to the crime and the drugs. Mm -hmm. But Wayne was tough. He was tough. Yeah. Well, how, did he go to high school? Uh, I don't even think Wayne probably started over at Southern, but he didn't finish. Okay. Yeah, he didn't finish. I think okay. he got, got, got into the drugs, so I think he probably got locked up in Right. He tried, but mm -hmm. it, it just wasn't there anymore. So I think Wayne might have been the case, the most case that I can think of, where he could actually play. I know he could play college ball. He could play professional ball also. Mm -hmm. He was just that tough. He Two. was that good. What year yeah. was this when you had him? This was back in, I'm going to say, this is probably in the 90s. Okay. Probably like 94, mm. 95. Okay. But he was tough. I mean, everybody, they, was, they had much respect for him. Even coach-wise mm. at, uh, at Robin Marshall had a lot of respect for him. Uh, Bucky Lee had respect for him. Bucky Lee coached over his ball more. Okay. They, had, they had respect for Wayne. He was okay. tough. Where, where he tried he, to steal him from me, but they couldn't get him. Because <laughs> he was from the area, right? Right. 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 And okay. at that time, you, if you were from Charlie Hill, you played with Charlie Hill. Yeah. East Baltimore State, East Baltimore, West played with West. Right, State. right, okay. If it's, it's more today or late in the game, a lot of people just went everywhere? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. But you rep, you rep from your community, and that's how you got respect. Right. Yeah. So in your journey of, um, of coaching through those years, what um, – you coach whatever teams did you coach or, or what was it whatever what was your journey like besides the uh, rep? Right. Did you go you went other places, right? Actually when my, my youngest son, Terrell, mm -hmm. when Terrell uh 
Terrell was pretty tough. So when Terrell was born, I actually had stopped coaching mm. when I lost my oldest son. My oldest son was murdered in 2000. Mm -hmm. Actually, I was in a tournament in Philly right. when my oldest son was murdered. Mm -hmm. At that time, Terrell was probably two years old. Okay. So at maybe four or five, I think if you remember the little basketball goals that you can, you can yeah. adjust them. Yeah. So during that time, and I actually made him left-handed also, I put the ball in his left-handed lot. Mm -hmm. So I found out that he liked to shoot that ball, mm -hmm. and he loved dribbling the ball also at the time. Mm -hmm. So I kept working with him and working with him, even though I think at that time I, I had stopped coaching. So I wanted to put him with, the, during that time, I guess the best basketball program during that time was probably Bentlow. Mm. First, well, actually Bentlow as well as, I want to say Chick Webb, because Mitch Wise had left Pennsylvania Avenue and went over to uh, Chick Webb, which is over the east side. Right. But mm. Bentlow had the best program at the time. I knew it because I had coached against Coach Herman, so I knew he was, he was pretty good. Mm. But he wasn't taking kids until they were five. No, he was taking kids at six, and Terrell was five. Mm. So at the time, Miss Wise was over at uh, Chick Webb, and he told me to bring Terrell over. Mm. So I said, I'm only going to have him over here for one year. Yeah. I'm going to take him over to Coach Herman at Bentlow. Okay. So that's, that's what we did. Okay. And at, at the time, Mr. Wise tried to get me to coach then, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't. I didn't coach. I told okay. him I, I had enough of. It. I just wanted to watch my son play. Yeah. So when I got over Bentlow, that answer your question. When I took him over to Bentlow, then the summer league, which was BNBL, mm -hmm. which everybody knows about BNBL. Mm -hmm. So Coach Herman kind of tricked me into coaching the BNBL team. <laughs> so I ended up back again okay. coaching, and mm -hmm. I coached my son's team. I think it was seven and under. And he he was talented, but 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 back in the day when I was coaching, I think the youngest BNBL teams were nine, mm. so they went they went they, you had them at seven, and this was most talented team. Some this seven under team was probably talented more talented than a lot of nine and under teams. Okay, we used to go over to uh, Chick Webb and play on Saturdays, and the gym would be jam packed. Mm. And the teams, the guys, everybody just want to see. Yeah. The Bentlow team, they right. were tough. You know, yeah. we, we were pretty tough. Right. Yeah. At seven. Okay. They were seven under. Mm -hmm. So I think I had two left-handed guards. I forgot the other kid. I know Terrell was left-handed. We had a kid, uh, Sterling was left-handed. He was from, uh, I think he lived in Owens Mills, but he went hooked up with the Bentlow program. Was, people was coming up from all over. Yeah, was yeah, coming yeah. To Bentlow. Jim <laughs> yeah. Jam Pack. Yeah. You gonna get the best competition in that. Right. So yeah, we were, we were pretty tough. Okay. Yeah, we had, uh, the whole, and during that time, if you got, you talking about 12 kids on a seven London team, all 12 could play. Mm -hmm. That's how tough we were. Right. So okay. you know we that's won everything. Serious. Yeah, that's Coach Herman got me back into it. And so then I ended up coach help coach the, uh, some of the BNBL teams. So mm -hmm. they they got me back into it. So okay. that's how I got involved with that. Okay. Um, did you? So you never went to the high school or further than that on a, on a coaching tip? No, I had the opportunity because uh, they didn't have a high school team in Cherry Hill at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, they opened a the school. They opened the, they opened the high school. I forgot the name of I think of it. it's Southside Academy. Southside yeah. Academy. So a couple of guys asked me to be assistant coach mm. 
But I was I was I was I was already hooked up into the, the recreation. I felt okay. I was more comfortable there, yeah. and then I knew there was a lot of politics at the high school level. I I wasn't I didn't want to get involved in favoritism and all, yeah, and all that. that. Yeah, so I didn't yeah. want to get into all that. Yeah. But I sent the, I sent my kids to Southside. Okay. Most of the time. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely yeah. think that would have been hard. That would have been tight yeah. if you could have coached uh, Southside though. Yeah. From hometown from, all the way. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but the guys that actually got involved in coach, they did a good job. They just, we just didn't have the type of talent at the time. I think Michael yeah. Dukes, Michael Dukes was one of the guys that mm -hmm. coached at Southside Academy, as well as a guy by the name of Milton Hawkins. Now, Michael Dukes went on to have a good career at uh, Towson. Okay. Towson, uh, Towson State University. University okay. Right. Yeah, Mike was pretty tough, too, also. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so what, what was um, – so if you could have if you could have coached high school and then college, what your did you have an ultimate goal of coaching or you just you just passion was just coaching? You didn't even really care how far it went. Uh, I never I never really cared as to how far it went. Okay. Uh, I know. I knew I could do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I knew I could. I, I basically knew I could do the high school level. Mm -hmm. Because I went to a, high, a lot of high school practices, yeah, and uh, so some of my practices were like a high school practice. Right. From, you know, watching watching high school coaches. As a matter of fact, some of the fathers that brought their sons to me said, "Well, this is like being in high school." Yeah. So yeah. I learned a lot. You know, you had to, you had to get out there. I went to a lot of high school games. Yeah. Went to yeah. a lot of college games. And learned a whole lot. I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. About the hot, the fast pace game from mm -hmm. going to East Baltimore, watching Dunbar play. So you know, okay. you gotta. You, you had to go to see the best at the time. Dunbar was dominating, so yeah. I would go to the Dunbar games. I would also go to uh, community college, Baltimore games. Coach Jerry Phipps was a great coach, also, mm -hmm. and he got the best out of his players. And they basically defense was always first. Okay. And it was high, high, uh, high pace, fast pace games, mm -hmm. turn, turnovers, and pushing the pace with the defense. So that's how I learned the game. And that was just that was you, what you would describe as just style. Yes. Of course. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, we could play any style because we, I always believe in breaking the game down at some point because at some point you're going to have close games, so you're going to have to run an offense. Mm -hmm. So I basically wanted to do this, you know, be able to play both styles. Right. Right. Yeah. What, what was the um, – And that would be prepare the guys for college also. Yeah, yeah. And high school playing, definitely. being able to play, you know, play uh, organized and – set up your plays as well as just playing at fast pace. Okay. So you had right. to be able to do both. Who would you say was your like favorite coaches coming up? Like if you was when you was coming up in the game and you was like, I like his style of coaching, whether it's local or uh NBA college, whatever. Right. Well, I kinda like Bucky Lee's style. Mm -hmm. And Bucky Lee was from East Baltimore. He always coached at Oliver. Mm -hmm. So I liked his style. At that level, I guess that's the recreation level. Mm -hmm. And high school, there was a coach by the name of well, I like I like Bob Wade. Okay, I oh, like this Dumbo. style. Yeah, Dumbo. Yeah, yeah, I okay. like this style. And then in college, it was always John Chaney and, and John Thompson. Right, so, Georgetown. Um, yeah. Uh, where was John Chaney at? John Chaney was at Temple. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he coached uh, Mark Carson for a minute. Okay. He recruited him and coached him also. Right, okay. And then at the pro game, I think I said Red, Red Arbeck, but I had, I had to uh, think about that. My man was uh, uh, Phil Jackson with the okay. Bulls. Okay, yeah. okay. The, the uh, what is it, the, um, the Zar? No, 
What they call him? Zen Master? Zen Master. Yeah, right. Zen Master. Yeah, because yeah, he got the best out of his players. Yeah. And yeah. he also played, he played with the New York Knicks. Right, yeah. When they won that title, he was actually played, his defense game was first for him. He played on a red, I'm not, a red, a red Holtzman is who he played for. Yeah, they had right. a squad. Defensive minded coach. They had a squad yeah. in that team, too. Yeah, um, Jackson. They had Willis Reed. Mm -hmm. You had Walt Frazier. Mm -hmm. uh, Earl of Pearl Monroe played for him. Dave DeBusher. Yeah, they were and Earl, Earl was down here before you went up there, right? Exactly, yeah. right. Okay. See, once he got over there, he had to play more of a team game. Right. Because it was Walt Frazier had the ball. How was the Baltimore Bullets around that time? Baltimore Bullets were tough. I used to like go down to Simpson and, and watch them play. You had guys like Gus Johnson, Jack yeah. Murren. Uh, yeah, they were pretty tough. Okay. Kevin Lockery, Earl of Pearl Monroe. Yeah, they were tough. Big fan. I used to love to go down and watch them play the Knicks. Okay. Yeah, I took my girl and we we catch the next game. <laughs> Bob, that, that was a robbery. That was a robbery. Yeah. That's indeed. There used to be pack house down there. Pack house. <laughs> I think Gene Shue was coaching the coaching the Bullets at that time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I can't imagine. Still remember those games. Gus Honeycomb Johnson was tough. What's one of the best games you've seen down there? Well, that had to be the Knicks against the Bullets. Okay. Yeah. Back okay. and forth. Right. Yeah. And we had West Unsell. That's right. Well, the baby bull, West Unsell was the center for us. They had Willis Reed. Okay. David Bush was the power forward. We had Gus Johnson. Honeycomb is called Gus Johnson Honeycomb. Okay. He was pretty tough. Okay. That's what's up. Who would you say if you uh, – I got two questions for you. What would you say your top five – if you can name your top five players you coached, who would you say? Oh. They don't got to be – uh, powerful at the center, but you're five. Right. If you my could top, pick. Top yeah. five. Well, I would have to start off with a guy we called him Mr. Dirt, uh, DeJuan Brown. Mm -hmm. To do it all. And, uh, yeah, he's called him Poo Poo. He was tough. Mm -hmm. uh, I have to go with Keith Harmon. Okay. Keith Harmon was tough. Keith Harmon played at Southern. Mm -hmm. And he also, well, he transferred from Southern and went over to, uh, I think he ended up over Lake Clifton. Mm -hmm. Keith Goody was tough, a point guard. So that's Keith Harmon. Dirt. Keith Goody. Uh, Keith Goody. Two more. Robert Scipio. Okay. He played over Southern also. He was in the backcourt with Keith Harmon. Mm -hmm. So that's four, right? Mm-hmm. One more. Okay, this one right here is going to be tough. But I would have to <laughs> go with a guy by the name of Kurt. Left-handed also. Kurt was tough also. Okay. Right, so that's my five right there. All Charlie Hill. All Charlie Hill. <laughs> okay, Charlie Hill five. <laughs> oh, I got, and I got, I got to go with six then. Uh, you six Wayne. man. Lil Wayne. Okay, the one you talking about. Lil Wayne. Okay, right. Wayne. Okay, right. gotcha. All right, your five from the city. Best five players come out of Baltimore. I got to start off with Skip Wise. Okay. Adrian Dan, not Adrian Danny. No, uh, what's my boy? I'm thinking about him right now. He went to, uh, he played with Chicago. I called him out the last time. I had to come back um, soon. Went to Merlin? No, he actually, uh, what did he do? He went to USC. But he went He, he went to Cardinal Gibbons. Okay. He went to Cardinal Gibbons. I don't know why I came to join the You said he right played for now. the Bulls? Yeah, he played for the Bulls. Uh, when he when he uh, when he came out of college, he played with the Bulls. I'm looking at him right now. Anyway, I go with I'll go with Carmelo Anthony. Mm -hmm. 
Skip Wise, Sam Cassell. Okay. Ernie Grand. Okay. And who would be my next man? Wow. Why was going to blank over this? Okay, what's the what's the guy's name that played for the Spurs? He was pretty Rudy Rudy, Rudy Gay. Gay. Okay, Rudy Gay was yeah, tough. Rudy, Rudy Gay. He was tough. Better, I think he was better in high school. Yeah, right? he was right. tough in college too, the right. Connecticut. Right. Or UConn, UConn. Yeah, he's a UConn. Exactly. Um, That's right. Um, I want to know who you were talking about went to play for the Bulls. I can't. What year was this? That was back in. That was in the eighties. Okay. He was all, he was all everything in Cardinal Gibbons. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on this guy. <laughs> It'll come to you. What's this boy's name? And as a matter of fact, he played he played for Cherry Hills on uh, 18 other team one year. And uh, yeah, he was he was good. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on him, but he It'd was tough. Come to you. As a matter of fact, I think him and Skip Wild were probably best my best. Okay. Two guards coming out of uh, out of Baltimore. Baltimore. Everybody says Skip Wise. What yes. was so good about Skip Wise? Skip Wise was tough. He was a big 6'3 guard, combo guard. Mm -hmm. He could handle the ball. Mm -hmm. He could get to the basket at ease. Mm -hmm. And he was just smooth. Everything he did, he wasn't sweating, but he was just he was tough. And he was actually a good, good defensive ball player also. Okay. So, yeah. And he and Skip could do it all. I mean, he was all AC. He was all he was, he was, he was a freshman. He was, a, he was all ACC as a freshman. Okay. So that's saying something. Yeah. That's what we talking yeah. about as a freshman, all yeah. ACC. Right, yeah, that's serious. And the big thing, best thing about him was that he was a combo guard. He could handle the ball like a point guard. He was smooth. He wasn't going to steal the ball from and him. Score. And he could score. Okay. The big thing, he could score. Right. Actually, one of the better high school games I saw was the year that Dunbar snapped the Mathis record, I think the Mathis won 69 straight games so they came to Baltimore. Hmm. And they came to Baltimore with 12 high school All-Americans. Hmm. Skip Wise, uh, what was the left hand? Duke Richardson and the big center, Larry Gibson. Hmm. Timmy Green, Donnie Joy, they knocked them off. Okay. And they beat him, I think we beat them by beat them in double, by double digits. They were okay. number one. So that was the game score. Week. That's yeah. the score Skip was with? That's all the people you named? Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they took off. So that yeah. Dunbar team always been legendary. Right. And they had a legendary coach. Sugar King is one of the better coaches. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what's mm -hmm. up. Um, what would you say around that era, coming up in the, in the 70s, 80s, and all that, like you said, it was a lot of drugs, a lot of violence around that time, and it is today. Right. And it's been through your career in the era of Baltimore, always right. been. What would you say was the biggest, like, the biggest thing to keep people focused on basketball, sports, or doing the right thing versus the outside? Like today, you know, you got social media that'll, that'll make people be like, oh, I ain't going to do this because this was going on. Right. I could do this all day, all that. What would you say is the biggest thing that it, that would have kept somebody right. away from doing, like, the right, right. thing? Well, first of all, the kid, the guys, had you had, you had to have somebody in your neighborhood that was a strong mentor. Mm -hmm. For instance, over at, uh, on the east side, you had, you had Mr. Howard over there mm -hmm. that... He was strong with, you know, he was a strong mentor and he kept a hand on those guys. Mm. So you had to have somebody that the guys respect 
to keep you focused. Okay. Because there's so many temptations, you know, with the drugs and the girls and all, mm-hmm. the, you know, the you know the cars, the fancy cars, and all that going on. So you had to have you had to have a focus, but you had to have somebody that that would stay on you. Right. That you didn't want to you didn't want to let them down, mm-hmm. and you knew if you did something wrong, they were gonna be on your butt. Mm-hmm. So you had to have some type of you had to have a strong support system mm-hmm. that was in place, and that's what saved a lot of guys. But the guys that fell prey to the drugs and and the crime were guys that didn't have that type of focus. Uh, they came out. They didn't have a they didn't have a strong male in the, in, in their presence mm-hmm. or somebody that cared enough about them to like keep them away keep from them, keep them away from mm-hmm. it. So you had to have you had to have strong support system. Right. Okay. And what was the um, what would you say was your toughest competition, or some competition that you remember that you went up against during your time? Okay, that's kind of easy because it was always <laughs> uh, it was it was basically Mount Royal during the time. Okay. Because they had Carmelo Anthony. Okay. And Carmelo Anthony, one summer, he grew from like maybe 6'2 mm-hmm. to about 6'5 or 6'6 mm-hmm. over a summer. Right. So we used to beat them all of the time. And I mean double digits. Mm-hmm. But when he jumped to jumped from that height, that height yeah. and he got the confidence. He took off. And he took off. What was his and game And I mean, the whole program took off. Well, he had, he had that first step. He had the jab step. Mm-hmm. Was he's the best jab I've ever seen. Okay. It's quick. Right. And he give you the jab, and then he give you the he give you the move, and then he gone. Mm-hmm. So he could actually score from anywhere on the floor. All right. He had good handles, mm-hmm. and he had a hell of a jump shot. Yeah. And then the, the main thing about him was that he he had a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. Once he saw that he was the man, it wasn't no stopping him. Okay. He just he just took off from right. there. Right. Hey. He well, could have played. He, I know he played. He could have played varsity probably his first year. He I played. Think they put him on JV, but JV. he could. He could have played varsity his first year at Towson Catholic. Okay. Yeah, he could. He could do it all. And he was just. He yeah. was the best period around that yeah, time. Yeah, he stood out. He just. Yeah. He was the man. Wasn't, the, wasn't even close at the right. time. <laughs> yeah, he really close. took over. Because I remember. Yeah. I always remember that. Um, that uh, Lenny Cook story. The the movie the documentary on Lenny Cook when they they was at the ABC camp. Mm-hmm. And um, Le- uh, Melo was in high school, and LeBron was out there. But I think this is for Melo really took off, right? Because he was like in the background of LeBron and all them. But it was the that college stuff. He after that he took all the way off. I know. Right. I remember and so, that. And he knew he was better than everybody, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times it's the confidence and mentality that he came with that nobody could stop him. Right. You yeah. Know? And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Melo definitely Basically. the one. He definitely the one. Right. Um, what would you say? What would you say? Uh, would you would you ever step back in the in the coaching field ever? Never. Not, no, it's, it's it's different now, mm. and you gotta you gotta be uh, really dedicated now to like I mean with, with the with the AU, mm. uh, the social media, mm. yeah, uh, true, the crazy true, parents. True, uh, true. You got parents that want to be. Agents, yeah. so the team concept is just about gone. I don't, right. I can't remember the last time I've been to a high school game. You used to be at all of them, yeah. I used to go to all of when them when I was in high not, school and yeah. right at college. I used to see you at every game, right? Every right. game out there. I could tell you who was who and everything, right? Right, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. You don't follow it no more, 
Not like I used to. I'm basically into the uh, the college more so. And I've always been through the college, so in the pro game more right. so than right. high school now in Baltimore. Okay. So yeah. So. Okay. Damn, I don't know when the last time I've been to a high school game. <laughs> Not saying I won't go to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ones yeah. worth going to. Yeah. Yeah. Some bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I had another question right there for you. I'm still trying to think of the guy that went to uh, <laughs> Carl Gibbons. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he was that good. Cause well, I know the I'm, last. I'm looking time, at him right now. I just can't call him. You was talking about. I know the kid. Um, that's Keith Booth that went to um, the Bulls, played for Maryland. Yeah. But yeah. you said not him. No, it's not Keith. Yeah, not him. Yeah, this guy was a star at Gibbons. Okay. And uh, yeah, he was one. Yeah, he was he was tough. He had, and like I said, went to USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was actually close with one of, one of the ball players. Uh, one of the baseball players that played with the Yankees, Reggie Jackson. I know you heard his name yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he kind of, uh, Reggie Jackson was in San Francisco at the time. And it's Quentin Daly. Come okay. On, there you go, Quentin Daly. Quentin Daly. Right, right. Okay. I so feel like I heard two, that name. Yeah, Quentin Daly. Was and he from here? Yeah, from Baltimore. Okay. So they're, they're my two pros. Uh, I would go with him and Skip Wise. Okay. Gotcha. And that's just my, that's just my two gotcha. picks at the okay. time. So he was that good. Yeah. I know you was just talking about the parents, and I know – now I, I seen it and witnessed it myself. Like right. parents don't even let you coach a game today. They they all they get on your back if you don't put your son there, son right. in the game, blah right. blah blah. Did you ever had to never, go through any of that? Right. See when I when I was coaching the church, I never had to go through that because the the, the people in the community kind of knew me and they respect right. me. They, just, yeah. they, they say, Well look, we just give him out, you know, give him the son and, and, and let him do what he has to do. So they yeah. they had a lot of confidence in me. So and I and I kinda Steered them the right way, mm-hmm. and then it's also it's it's not just the just the coaching. You gotta be more than a coach. You gotta be caring yeah. for these kids. You gotta be yeah. a mentor. Yeah. You know you gotta make sure you gotta be willing to go to extra nine yards. You gotta go over to the schools and check on them, see how they doing. Yeah. We did all we did all that. Okay. And we actually started a, a program, a mentoring program. We started a basketball program to help the youth in Cherry Hill mm-hmm. because a lot of them during that time, and this was after I. I went. I started working at the Hickey School. I went to another career mm-hmm. uh, working with uh, delinquent youth. Mm-hmm. So then I went back to Cherry Hill, started an after-school basketball program to help the youth out. Okay, that's because we were having a lot of problems. At first, I had a meeting with the four principals in Cherry Hill mm-hmm. because it was basically a program for fifth grade and sixth grade boys. But first of all, they had to make sure they was going to school every day. Mm-hmm. They had to have the right grades. If they didn't, if their grades weren't right, or mm-hmm. they was causing problems in school, they couldn't even play. Right. So, right. and that kind of that kind of helped out. So, so what I'm what I'm saying is, you got to be able to, to go in there and, and and be more than just a coach. Right. You got to go in there and make sure them kids are doing the right thing, mm-hmm. and then they'll respect that, mm-hmm. and they'll know that if I if I if I, if I have any problems today, they know Mr. Davis is coming over to check on us or. One of the other coaches or somebody that's in our program, mm. which was called the Cherry Hill Initiative. Okay. And the initiative was to get the kids to go to school mm. and graduate mm. and become better people. And that's, okay. what we, that's what we did. That was very necessary. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. you did that. And once we started the program, and once I left the program, they kept it going on because it was very up. successful. That's what's up. And then what you were able to do, you were able to, you were able to find out who the best ball players were. Mm-hmm. And then we would take them in town mm-hmm. and dominate. So that's right. how we did that. Right. Okay. And so you we went uh, against Coach Herman, uh, one of my mentors also. Uh, uh, went against Duty over at Cecil. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Bucky Lee, mm. Mel Vine, who was originally from Cherry Hill, ended up coaching over and being a director over at uh, at Oliver. Okay. Yeah. So okay. one of my better friends also. So and then you had uh, you had Mr. Wells mm -hmm. from Madison Recreation Center. Yeah, Sarge from Madison. All these are my buddies now. We okay. real tight, but okay. during the time we were battling each other. Yeah, you know, yeah, we, yeah. We wasn't, wasn't no you ain't had no rap back then. You ain't no rap back then. It was tough, you know. Right. You, you had to have the respect. You, I think right. you left out somebody else that you coached too, Rebo. Oh yeah, Marvin. Yeah, Reese. Yeah, Mar Reese. yeah my best friend's son. It was actually Skip Wise's nephew. Okay. Yeah, uh, Marvin yeah. was tough. He was called Marvin the Big Cat. Okay. Marvin could get to the foul line. He was smart. If you're looking to buy a score, he he's been to the foul line about 12, 15 times a no, game. No, I get fouled. And make and making foul shots. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and uh, Skip Wise from Park Heights, right? Well, Skip Wise is really from East Baltimore. Okay. Lafayette Projects. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. All right. That's where he met Mr. Howard at. Mr. Howard uh, was the recreation leader in La at Lafayette, mm -hmm. and he kind of brought Skip up. Okay. Mm -hmm. What did you ever get any praise from your siblings from from coaching in, in basketball and all that? Oh yeah. Oh, my sister was all of them proud of me. Okay. Yeah, you know, they were okay. all proud. Yeah. And and yeah, well, yeah, because I think yeah, because because one time I was coaching, I was coaching your father. Mm -hmm. So so my sister and family would come over and watch him play. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I could get him in the game, <laughs> right. most time we were we were blowing people off. So yeah, he he get it. Yeah. 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 He come in the oh, last yeah. few yeah. last few minutes of right. the game. You know? <laughs> but he was well, he was good. He was a good guy in practice. I mean, you know, I, mean, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't show favoritism. So he yeah, went he yeah, went hard. Yeah. You know, okay. he went hard. Okay. Yes. It wasn't like he was like I'm. Trying to give him something. Yeah, yeah. He earned his he time. Earned, yeah. Him and his buddy, his buddy, little Glenn, okay. and little Keith Brown. Yeah. They, okay. They right. They, they, they hung tough. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I can't imagine uh, Glenn on the court. Yeah, yeah. I know he was super small on the court. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn had some. He had some nice handles. Okay. Yeah. Some nice little handles though. <laughs> um, you talk about so I know I I usually wrap up with um. Well, I'm gonna wrap up with this. What. What do you? What does Baltimore mean to you? Well, Baltimore is actually it's it's, it's my heart, and I actually Cherry Hill, but mm -hmm. Baltimore City itself. I mean, I just hate to see the crime and the murders now. I mean, it's it's just it's saddening. So I guess yeah. right, it's saddening to see what's going on right now, mm -hmm. and we just don't have that leadership yeah. that we had back in the day. You know, yeah. you gotta have you gotta have strong leadership in your community, mm -hmm. and you gotta have the respect in the community. But now it's all about the politics, yeah. and the politics is killing us. You know, right. right. Yeah, and it's it's gonna be super Sweet hard. It's, it's just it's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be super hard to get some leadership back with. Cause the phone's raising the kids now, yeah. Social yeah. media raising the kids, so it's exactly. hard. To, it's it's gonna be damn near impossible to get some leadership. Right. They don't respect nothing right. more. So, so bought. Yeah. So it mean a lot, but it's just wicked yeah. right now. Right. You don't have that. That saying it takes a village to raise a kid. That's what you need. Yeah. You gotta yeah. be. You gotta be more involved, more hands on. Right. Right. Yeah. How you feel about the state of basketball right now? The state of basketball. Uh, it's. I mean, the, the social media. I think, and and it's kind of the team concept. I don't see this. And I, I speak. I speak about the team. I don't see it's more individual mm. uh, stuff going on in basketball now than what it was before. Mm. And the emphasis is not on winning. Right. It's on 
how many points can I score today? Mm-hmm. Uh, how can I get myself and how can I, how can I be the top dog today? How can I get, you know, how can I be, uh, how can I get a scholarship? But mm-hmm. I mean, the team concept is gone. It's more individual now. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a lot, but it's, it's still a lot. It's a lot of talent. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of talent for sure. If you if you would want your legacy to speak for you, and you what would you want the people to, to remember you as a person, as a coach? What, what's the what's one of the things that you want them to to be like when they think of Johnny Davis? What they think of? Well, think about somebody who actually uh, had your best interest at heart, mm. and actually loved what I was doing and gave it my all, you know, because mm-hmm. I remember being in those hot gyms where we just keep going over, we just keep going over the same place over and yeah, over yeah. again, you know, and yeah. dedicated, dedicated to my community, dedicated mm-hmm. to the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's, that's well said. Definitely, yeah. I definitely, like yeah. I said in the beginning, I right. definitely think you got that because anytime your name come up and he goes, like, oh, that's your uncle. Right. He a legend, he does, he, he coached such and such, he did this, he did that, so right. you definitely got that hands down. Yeah. And it's Definitely. hard, and it's hard for my son to believe that, to understand that. When a lot of guys, he'll see me talking to a lot of guys, and they'll be telling me, "Your father know the game." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard, for, hard to convince him of that. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. That's but just, as he's gotten older, he's, he's starting to come around. Yeah, definitely. You know, as a kid, you don't never you, right. Yeah, exactly. you don't pay that no mm-hmm. mind. But you know, he's just saying that. But right. he know now. He's been hearing it his whole life, so he knows right. what's up. Shout out to Terrell too, by the way. Exactly. So, um, in closing, you you anything you wanna uh, you want put put out there or say anything in closing? Well, I would also say that uh, you know being in, being into the basketball, loving the basketball, has helped me in, in a lot of uh, relationships that I have today mm-hmm. uh, against the guys that I used to go against. And, you know, we're all friends now. Mm-hmm. You know, we get together. So you know, and I know a lot of guys that play ball as well as females that play basketball. So we all close knit, right. and what we try to do is make it better for the kids today to okay. play ball. Right. right. What would you say is the best female player you've seen from Baltimore? Uh, I would have to say Gert Scott. Okay. Gert Scott, I believe Gert went to Western. Okay. She was tough. Around your era. Uh, no, well, actually, uh, she was after me. She was younger when I, well, I, when, when I was coaching, she was up at Western, so she mm-hmm. was younger than me. But yeah, Gary okay. Scott was pretty tough. Gary Scott, okay. I think somebody, your, your, your sister's, somebody in your family gonna know about her. Just mention that name. Gary Scott. This first time you heard the name? Yeah. Yeah, Gary Scott, tough. Okay, I'm gonna ask about yeah. it. I'm gonna definitely do my own. She's tough, and they'll, they'll tell you. Okay. She was tough. Definitely do All right, well, like I said before, I appreciate you coming. Definitely kept your word, held me down more than once. So I appreciate right. that. Appreciate and I definitely here. glad everybody got to hear his story. Right. If you ain't know it before, ask about him. Right. If you out Cherry Hill, South Baltimore, anybody in the coaching field and them leagues, turn, uh, tournaments and all that, they gonna know. So ask about him and find out more. And bring 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 it to be what you hear. Right. And we might have him back and get to asking these questions that you right. heard about. Right. But. With that being said, we need answers podcast. We out. And if you want, before I go, if you want to promote your business, DM me. You see I've been doing these plug commercials in between these episodes. You want to promote your business, email me or or DM me. However, get in contact me how you can. We going to get you out there, get you some subscribers, them followers, them, that money, all that. But we need answers podcast. We out. Be down. And guess what? We need answers. Fresh up out the track.
Uh, uh, bitch, I hustle hard, gotta get that bag. Uh, uh, bitch, I'm with the gang and my whole team drag. Uh, uh, you talking about some money, bitch, you need some more, you need some more. Mike, Mike, and Wong got that way, bitch, watch it.